I hear it time and time again. I want to have consistent good days and it seems like no matter how hard I try and no matter what I do, every single day is derailed and nothing goes as planned. I hear it and I know. I've even felt that way. I'm sure you've felt that way from time to time too. Well, here's what I'm going to say to you today is that you're starting your day all wrong. (laughs) The domino starts from the second you wake up your eyes. This predictability that you want in your day to be able to have a good day most days of the week, if not every single day, is totally possible. And the reason why it's not happening is because you're starting your day wrong, on the wrong foot. I'm not going to tell you in this episode that you have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, although most of you know that I do get up pretty early. But what I am going to tell you inside of today's episode is that you need to start your day off in the right foot in order to carve out those predictable and productive good days, day after day after day after day that you're craving. So grab a pen and paper. Let's dive into today's episode. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the Hot Mess Express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves, dig in, and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. I know sometimes you have like these super killer days and you're like, man, that was awesome. And you want to have those days over and over and over again. And then you have other days where it's just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And sometimes, and probably a lot of you that are coming to this podcast are having, you know, the other side of the pendulum, like you swing back and forth, but you're kind of hanging out on the side of the pendulum that you're having more off days than you are on days. And maybe you're just chronically living in that space and you don't even know how to get out of it. And so everyone that's coming to this podcast is going to be in different places. I even have girls inside of the academy that they'll completely disengage and they won't plug in anymore. And then they come back around and they'll shoot me a DM or, you know, they'll pop back into the Facebook group. And they're like, what in the world? You know, I'm so frustrated, this, that, and the other thing. And my my question to them always is, okay. Let's look at your routines. Let's look at your time blocking. Where have you been? Like, what are you doing now that throughout the entire course of the academy when you are plugged in that you're not doing? And that's what we're going to look at right now. There's a lot of different symptoms that can come from you having these bad days, right? It'll kind of rear its ugly head in each woman and each family differently, For me, what it looks like when I'm like on top of my game, obviously, I share that a lot because I want you guys to be able to see the hope and see the outcome and see that systems create so much productivity and joy and simplicity. It's not structured, militant, like feel like you're under the pressure of somebody's just like force constantly telling you that you have to live in this regimented way. It's not that at all. There's so much freedom. And obviously, whenever I am showing up for myself, 
first that all those things go into place. All my systems run smoothly, but there are times when that's not happening in my life or in your life, right? And a lot of things that happen in our home is food. My my high standards for what kind of food we eat, we eat will slip just a little bit. We'll go out to eat more times than I want, or, you know, I won't put meals on the table and it, the caliber that I want them to be, (laughs) which, you know, I have to cut myself a little bit of slack there. I still provide really good meals for myself, but it'll also show up in, in being disorganized in my business. It'll show up in me being frustrated with my kids. So these are the symptoms that I have, and I can almost always trace it back to this one key indicator that we're going to talk about today. And it's the way that I start my day. So I've been, I've been collecting data. I feel like I say this in every single podcast episode, but I have been. I've been really looking at what is making a good day happen versus a day that's not as good, that's not as productive, all of those things. And I can 100% of the time trace it back to my sleep, how much sleep I got the night before, and what time I got out of bed. How I started my day dictates the rest of my day every single time without fail. And it will in your life too. You know me well enough at this point to know that every single time we look at something that's in front of us for face value, I'm always going to dig behind it. I'm always going to look four steps back. I'm always going to make you back into things to really look at. And that's how you build systems, right? I mean, that is exactly what I was born doing is asking why and looking looking at the reason behind things and trying to figure out what's at the root of this. And so that's what I'm going to walk you through today. And this is going to be different for every single woman. I'm not going to tell you, hi, you need to wake up at 5am and then you need to do these things because that might not work for your family. It just might not. But for the woman that just felt complete and utter relief that I just said that might not work for your family because you don't want to get up early, please don't check out. This is absolutely vital. I am going to tell you that you need to start your day on the right foot. And that is 100% of the time for every single person going to mean that you need to wake up before your children. If your children are early risers, we're going to talk about that because mine are too. We're going we're gonna to dive into all of it in this episode. So you're going to get to hear a little bit of everything from every perspective because I can tell you that I have women inside of the academy that I work with on a daily and weekly basis on getting their lives in order the way that they want them to be. And I've coached them through it every single step of the way. And I've been taking all of that and compiling it so that I could bring this podcast episode to you, you know, and It doesn't matter if your kids are older, if you don't have kids, if your kids are newborns, there's still 100% of the time a way for you to start your day on the right foot. So the way that we figure that out is by looking at, (laughs) why are you sleeping in? (laughs) That really is what it comes down to. So the way that you start your day on the right foot has several components. A, it's the first and foremost is making sure that you're up before your children or what I like to say is before your day starts. And I know it sounds weird. How do you wake up before your day starts? Doesn't your day start when you wake up? Well, not technically. The the day starts when you are being demanded of, right? By your children, by your spouse, by your dog, um, by your emails, by your work, right? Before those things start, you need to have time for yourself in your day. 
every single day this needs to happen. If you want to have a good day every day, that needs to happen. Now, we're going to talk about sleeping in. We're going to talk about honoring your sleep. We're going to talk about all of that. But that's one thing that needs to happen. And then what you do before your day starts is the other key component here. Those are the two things is what you do with that time before you wake up, which is your morning routine. And we've talked about that at length. But there's no way to start a morning routine if you don't get your bum out of bed on time. And so that's what we're going to focus on in this episode specifically. We're going to really get down into the nitty gritty of it and talk about why, what are you doing that's actually keeping you up late at night to keep you from waking up early in the morning. Some of you might be going to bed on time and getting eight to nine hours of sleep or seven to nine hours of sleep and you still can't get up. We're going to talk about that too. But first of all, let's just talk about the ability for you to get seven to nine hours of sleep and still wake up. And I'm telling you, if you've never done this before and you are sleeping in until the moment you have to get up, brush your teeth, put food in your mouth and answer emails or get in the car and go to work or you wake up to children in your face if you are on literally like if you are on and have to start producing and serving from the second you wake up and you have never done it any differently start with 15 minutes that's all I am asking of you is just start with 15 minutes So you're going to start using an alarm to wake up. And eventually, if you do this enough, you will no longer have to use an alarm. I will naturally wake up at 5 a.m. every single morning when I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing the night before, when I'm in my routines, when I'm honoring my time blocks the way that I'm supposed to. If I've pushed those boundaries, then I have to set an alarm Um, But your body will adjust to this. And so start incrementally, start very slow. If you're the woman that has been getting up for a long time, but you want to carve out more time for yourself, then you just start pushing that back as well. Or if you want to jump in cold turkey, which is normally what I do if I get really out of this, I just dive straight back in. Um, Like I've mentioned before uh, in several episodes, you will hear this as a theme. I am extremely well-versed and trained when it comes to establishing systems and routines and getting back into routines and swinging, you know, a little to the left and a little to the right on having really good, solid routines to letting the routines go out the window because of sickness or because of vacation or whatnot, and then falling back into them over and over and over again. And so I don't have a problem with saying, all right, I'm getting back to the same routine that I've had for the last six years because it's, it's been a week because everyone was sick or because we were on vacation, right? Those are the two biggest kickers for why I fall out of routine most of the time. Uh, some of you might struggle with mental health and it might be really hard for you to keep up with routines when you're having different kinds of struggles with your mental health. And I see that a lot with different family members of mine. Um, but the more you can stick with your routines, the more it's going to help your mental health. The more it's going to help you to have consistent good days over and over and over and over again. And this is the one routine that kicks off all of the other routines is the way that you start your day. But to show you how insanely cyclical this is and how connected every moment of your life is, which is why you have to do this with intention Your morning routine and the way that you wake up in the morning is completely determined by the way you ended the day the night before. So let's look at what you're actually doing that's keeping you from getting to bed at the decent hour that you know you should be going to bed. And so 
the first step, so I want you to write this down, take a note here. I want you to determine what your actual wake up time is going to be. If you wake up at seven o'clock every morning and your kids are up and they need you or you're already answering emails, all that kind of stuff, right? And you're just going straight to work as a mom, as a business owner, whatever it might be. I want you to then just put down 645 on your paper. If you feel like this is going to be insanely hard for you, start with 15 minutes. If you can start with 30 minutes, you're really going to see huge success in a short amount of time. But if that is so hard for you, then it's totally okay to start with 15 minutes. Whatever you need, you'll know if it's seven to nine hours of sleep and you can, you can shift this. It doesn't have to be hard and fast and definitely for the rest of your life, you're only getting seven hours, right? We're just talking about this season that you're in right now and you're allowed to change it when you come into a new season. So let's just talk about this season that you're in right now. Maybe it's kids are back to school. Maybe it's you have um, like an immunocompromised kiddo that is just sick often and demanding a lot. Maybe you have a newborn. Maybe you're pregnant. Maybe you are helping your husband run his business and you're trying to start your business and it's so emotionally taxing that you need nine hours of sleep, right? Everyone knows where they're at, should know where they're at (laughs) with how much sleep they need in this season of life. If you are killing it like a rock star, your health is on point, your emotional status between you and yourself and your spiritual status, like everything with you and your relationships, like your finances, like if you're in a good spot in your life, maybe you can crunch seven hours of sleep a night and feel really great on that. Maybe you can't. Maybe you need nine all the time. I swing back and forth like often, you know, and I really try and honor that. But that will determine what time you want to get up and what time you need to go to bed the night before. So why are you not able to get to bed? For me, I love to wake up at 4.30 in the morning so I can go to the gym. And if I'm not going to the gym, I give myself that extra 30 minutes to sleep and I love getting up at 5. But I will tell you, if I could just get my bum out of bed at 4.30 every single morning, I would have a good day every single day of the week. The days that I get up at 4.30 in the morning are the days that I have the best day. The best day every single time without fail. And here's why 4.30 works for me. A, it gives me time to go to the gym and I love going to the gym first thing in the morning because then I can come home, I can shower, I can get ready for my day. My time that I have to be ready, 100% ready, hair done, everything is put aside, ready to serve my kids is 6.45 in the morning. So if I get up at five, that gives me an hour and 45 minutes. So I know what I want to do in my morning routine. Sometimes that means a power hour of work, but a lot of times it just means a slow morning. I love to get ready. I love to spend an hour on getting dressed, doing my hair, doing my makeup, playing my music, right? I love that. And I love to get a good study in, in the morning. That's like my favorite thing. And honestly, that's like an hour and and a half, an hour and 45 minutes every single time. And so that puts me at five o'clock in the morning. Well, if I get up before 30, (laughs) I can have my smoothie done before my kids get up and I can set up all my diffusers and I can really start my morning slow and pour into every single space to make sure that everything is just like, like oozing with, you want to work here today. You want to love here today. You want to serve here today. And I get emotionally and spiritually just like on fire 
to support my husband and to support my home. And I like lay the lunch boxes out. And like, I love all that. I love it so much, but it comes in constant conflict with, I'm so tired. And here's why, because I didn't get to bed the night before when I needed to. And that's what you need to look at. So for me, it's 830 lights out. If I'm getting it before 30 in the morning, it's kind of almost eight o'clock. Like my nighttime, it's lights out for Bailey at seven, lights out for Frankie at eight. And I need lights out for me at 830. Hands down. If I'm going to get up at 430 in the morning, that's like, a that's like, mom, is this not joking? <laughs> mom, don't play. And I don't, I don't. And so I am never going to tell you, get up at 4.30 in the morning, get up at 5 a.m. and still do all the same things the night before that you're always doing, right? No, here's the things that you can look at. I've made a fun list of them and we're going to talk about them that could potentially be keeping you up the night before that I'm not doing that make it really possible for me to get up earlier, to go to bed earlier every single night. And we're going to talk about some of the excuses that you're going to try and throw at me while I'm talking to you through your earbuds. (laughs) Here's the first one. You don't have a good bedtime routine for your kids the night before. No matter what age they are, I don't care what age they are. Your children, grown as they are, as young as they are, from newborn all the way through. No, I don't have older kids yet. But yes, we've been working through this with women in the academy that have near adult children. And I'm so big on this because if you right now are trying really hard to establish your own nighttime routine with yourself, it's because it wasn't ingrained in you as you were going through your adolescence and your early adult years. And it should have been. And you want to give that to your children. So do not make excuses. Well, my kids stay up late. They probably do. But that doesn't mean that you can't adjust what you what you need to be doing to be able to teach them to be able to model this, right? And it's all in perspective. If your kids are staying up late and they're starting school late or they get up late and you want to spend time with them in the evening, well, that's great. You probably don't have to wake up at 430 because you probably don't have little chitlins like me that wake up with big old eyeballs in your face at six o'clock in the morning, right? So all of this circles back to you need to have a have really, really good bedtime routines for your kids, no matter what age they are. And if you don't have that yet, there's a podcast episode on it, right? Here's another thing. Um, You can also pop inside of the Facebook group and be like, hey, this is the age of my kids. What kind of bedtime routines can I do for them? And, And see what other people are doing. And we can totally talk about it. Here's the other thing. You're not cooking dinner early enough. If you're cooking dinner late, it's going to make you and everyone else in the house gets to bed late. 4.30 is a wonderful time to start dinner. If you have kids in extracurricular activities, find a crock pot. Find meals that you can throw in the oven, right? Find meals that you can heat up as soon as you get home. Prep it early. Prep it on the weekends. Go to Costco. Go to Trader Joe's. Like, make adjustments in your life that you need to in order to set yourself up for success and have a good day every single day, period. Here's another reason why you might be staying up too late at night time. <laughs> you're not making space to clean during the week and you're also not keeping a tidy house. So I hear this from so many women. Well, when do you clean your house if you don't do it after your kids go to bed? Uh, I clean with my kids, right? We have tons of episodes on this. You cannot be cleaning and tidying up your house and doing dinner dishes after your kids go to bed regularly. Every once in a while, it happens around here, but it is not our goal. It is not our MO. It's not how we 
operate around here. And it will completely eat up all of your nighttime routine time. And it's just a terrible cycle to be in. The earlier you can start dinner and the more simple that you can make it, that does not mean disposable plates and forks and knives and spoons. Listen here, my finger is in my microphone right now. (laughs) I'm pointing at you and I'm not even joking. It's a funny thing that happens when you create podcasts. I'm not joking. But seriously, you have to. I'm just so big on reducing waste. That's like besides the point. But it's so important. You have to create a system that allows every single person to take their plate, to scrape it, to rinse it, to put it in the dishwasher, to help clean up, and then everyone moves into their bedtime routine. You should be starting this early enough. And if you have extracurriculars every single night of the week that does not allow you to do that, I really suggest you sit down and take a good, long, hard look at why you're putting your kids through 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. work every single day of their lives and then homework on top of it. I just want you to stop right now and I want you to ask yourself why you're doing that. Everyone has their answer and everyone's answer is valid, but I think a lot of us need to stop and look at why we're doing that. There should be, in my opinion, a few nights a week where you're able to come together as a family, if not every night of the week, and have dinner around the table. It's something we've, there's podcast episodes on that too. But it's really important that everybody pitches in after they eat to help clean up dinner. I cook and clean together constantly. I'm cleaning as I go the entire time. And it is almost every single time, every single thing is cleaned up in my kitchen except for pots and pans that the food is still in before I sit down to eat a meal with my family. I've cleaned up everything. Everything's back in the fridge. The dishes are done as I go. They're in the dishwasher. Like I am... I am busy bee while I cook because that just makes it easier on everybody else. And then I don't have to worry about doing it whenever I'm done, right? So here's the other thing that is keeping you from getting to bed on time and that is keeping you up late at night. You're unwinding with social media at the end of the day. And it's sad. And you should stop doing it. Your phone should be put away. One of, And this is one of the things that we're going to talk about later. Just tips on how to actually do this successfully. Um, and this is a big part of it. Not having your phone out in your bedtime routine is is vital. And I get sucked back into it all the time. And it's a one of the reasons, like, why I am at times not in bed on time, right? If I didn't honor the rules that I have to keep my phone completely separated from me at the end of my bedtime routine, and it's stupid. It's dumb. Why do I need to respond to that email? Why do I need to respond to that message? I don't want to. Why am I doing it? Because I don't have... I haven't been honoring the boundaries that I have in place. We have a phone basket. Why isn't it in there? I've actually been hiding my phone in the furthest bathroom away from where I am most times of the day. <laughs> and that's like really inconvenient for me to go get it. And, and I just forget that it's there, you know. So making sure that you're not getting sucked in and you're not using social or the television to unwind at the end of the day. Because Netflix, man, there's some cool stuff on Netflix and that'll get me every time. Here's the last one that I have written down and it kind of goes hand in hand is one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons that I feel like a lot of people don't get to bed on time and they're up late is because they haven't created a wind down sacred sanctuary for themselves. And, you know, I've 
kind of dabbled with this for years and what this actually looks like. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. It's just a comfy spot in your room. And most of the time mine's on my bed or even tucked into my bed. But a lot of the times Blaine and I just come straight to our bedroom after the girls are gone and we have little lights on and we grab our books and we read or I grab my journal and I read. And then I'll go brush my teeth and take off all my makeup and make sure that my alarm is set. It's on the other side of the room. And then I hop into bed and we turn out the lights or whatnot. And so just having that sacred space that you know is there for you will really call you to that place. I think if you just start with this alone, you're going to see a huge improvement and a huge shift in your ability to wake up on time in the morning. But I do want to leave you with some 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 tips, right? Like how can you actually get up early? Say you're doing all those things and you've squared all of that away. You know that you have good bedtimes routines, you're cooking dinner early, you've made space for cleaning during the week, you're not doing it at night, you're tidying your house during your tidy cues throughout the day, you're not on social, and you've created this kind of space for yourself, but <laughs> you're still not getting up. So, or you're still wasting time in the morning, right? Or or you're just sleeping in. Let's kind of go through these three big I don't know, we'll say tips, they could be steps too, but you'll just have to analyze where you're at with each of these. So tips for implementing getting up in the morning look like this. First and foremost, you need to plug your phone in on the other side of the room. It should not be on your nightstand. There's a lot of benefits to that, like a lot that we won't even go to just for the health of not having your phone next to your head um, and the things that radiate off of your phone that you can't see. Um, But having it on the other side of the room or completely out of your bedroom is really vital. (laughs) Vital, as my husband would say. Uh, And so I have a spot on the other side of my room where I plug in my phone and I set my alarm. You also want to make sure, and here's the thing that happens. Blaine's like, man, you've been killing it getting out of bed and going to the gym and I've been sucking. Well, his phone is right next to him. He won't plug it in on the other side of the room. It's fine. You do what you want. Um, but I'm like, okay, man, I need a boo-boo. I'm getting out of bed and you're not, and your days are crappy (laughs) and you're complaining about it. You should just take my advice, (laughs) but we all know how that goes with our husband sometimes, right? Uh, sweetest boy on earth, but you know, marriages are marriages. And sometimes people just have to want things bad enough for themselves that they want to, to take the step to do the hard thing. And that's not going to be any different for you listening to me, listening to this podcast. So when I hear my alarm go off, I get up and I literally pull the sheets up behind me and I go turn off my alarm. My clothes are already set out for the gym. Or if I'm going to go make a hot tea, it's already set up for me from the night before. And I just put some of these things in place to make sure whatever it is that I want to do the minute after I get out of bed It's already preset for me, so I have no excuse at all. In the wintertime, I have a space heater, and it's all hooked up. I've got things for a hot bath, because if I'm cold, I am not getting out of bed. I can guarantee you that. Um, So all of this kind of starts with making sure that you actually get out of bed when your alarm goes off. Um, Also, use a ringtone that makes you happy. That's soothing. These loud, obnoxious, annoying ringtones... They don't work for me. I picked out um, a worship song that I love 
and it automatically sets my thoughts on things that are positive and that are encouraging first thing in the morning and that is my ringtone and I love it. Also, my alarm message on there doesn't just say alarm. It says rise and shine and love your day and it has a little orange heart as you all know. <laughs> orange hearts are like my heart. I don't know why I love it so much, but you will never see me use another heart. If you ever see another color heart, just know it's not me. <laughs> um that for some reason it like makes me excited when I set my alarm. It gives me gratitude, it gives me hope. It encourages me whenever I see that. And those little things are hacks that you should absolutely do. Okay, so that's like that whole thing, right? Here's the next thing. You need to be sleeping well. If you're tired, so say you you are getting to bed at the right time, but you're not sleeping well. Like this is a huge part of this. And obviously I'm not a doctor, uh, but I care a lot about holistic health. And so it's super important that you're getting really good sleep. And these are things that you can look at that are happening in your day that you maybe are or aren't doing in order to improve your quality of sleep every night so that you can start your day on a good foot, on a good foot or on a good note, on the right foot, you know, one of those. Good sleep. Let's talk about this. White noise is huge. We'll start with white noise. There's lots, there's lots of things that you can do to improve your sleep, like so many, right? But here's just a short list. No tech at least 30 minutes before bed, no screens, period. So if you're going to watch something at nighttime, make sure that you don't sit and let your husband scroll through Netflix for 12 hours because it eats up all your time. (laughs) Maybe you're the one that does that. Have a movie already picked out before you sit down so you know what you're watching. Or, you know, here's a really great idea. (laughs) How about whenever you see a movie that you like, you just add it to your list and then when you sit down to actually watch something on Netflix you just go straight to your list and you pick one that sounds like a great idea (laughs) can you can you tell Blaine and I've had this conversation many times (laughs) many times okay um protect your peace we're gonna we're just gonna put a blanket statement on it as that that means no social media that means no news If you have the news on your phone, I could slap you silly. Please delete the news off of your phone. Stop it. Stop it. Don't read your emails. Don't do any of it before bed. Stop it. Don't answer the phone calls from the family members that suck the life out of you or your friends. Your friends that are in the group text that make you want to like pull your hair out. Don't open it. Don't respond. Plug your phone in in a safe place and don't touch it through your nighttime routine. Protect your peace. Um, Obviously, this nighttime routine and this bedtime routine is absolutely vital. We've talked about that. Nourish yourself throughout the day. Are you getting the micro and the macronutrients that you need? If you are unhealthy physically and you know it, you've got to start there. That This is not the podcast for it, but I definitely have people that you can connect with. And it is absolutely vital. If you are not exercising, start there. You're going to sleep amazing if you're exercising, right? Get vitamin D, get sunshine, depending on where you're at and what time of year it is, that's hard, right? Look at your supplements. Maybe you need to supplement with things. What's your hydration intake look like? Some people have all of those things on par, but they love other supplements like CBD gummies or magnesium. I take magnesium sometimes, like 
There's just so many different things. Some people even use melatonin. I'm not advocating for any such things. I'm just telling you there are things that you can do. Every person needs to know where they're at. Um, a really, really good holistic naturopathic doctor can dial this in for you in one appointment and change your whole entire life. So there's just, there's no excuses is what I'm telling you. If you want consistent good days every single day, this is the episodes to really look at what can I do to make that happen. And, you know, there's going to be people that say my kids are older and they stay up late. Okay, so what can you do if you need to go to bed 30 minutes before your children or an hour before your children? What can you do that feels really good and right in order to be able to still connect with them And to teach them, hey, at the end of the day, here's some things that you can do. There's no set rule that says that you have to do anything the way that everyone else does. And your kids may not always like the things that you want to implement. And it's all about how you approach it. It's all about how you go about encouraging them and being excited about things and getting their opinion and asking them to be involved. And the same thing I get all the time. Well, the only time that I get to spend with my husband is at the end of the day. He works all day. I'm with the kids all day. We're exhausted. And that's how we connect is we lay in bed and we watch TV together. Okay, how is that making it to where you can be a better wife all day long for him? Are you able to get the sleep that you need? Are you just doing that because that's what he wants to do? And he doesn't want to budge and meet you in the middle. What does this really look like? And maybe you can only do that with him three nights a week and then two nights a week and then one night a week. And maybe you can have this progression over the next six months. We're not talking about overnight change here for those of you that have some real roadblocks. But nothing, nothing is impossible. It is absolutely 100% of the time possible for you to find another way. This thing that you see on the other side of the obstacle, that vision that's there, it's there for a reason. And you absolutely should continue to work and keep trying over and over and over again to communicate your wants, to communicate your needs, and to serve through it. And if you give yourself that consistency of trying to work towards this, some of you are going to be able to do all these things in two shakes and next week you're going to get this. And some of you, it's going to take you six months. Some of you, it might take a year. Some of you, it might take a week. It depends on how adamant you are about removing the excuses, right? Removing the excuses as to why this isn't possible for you, as to why this won't work for you, as to why, oh, I've done it before and it didn't work. Oh, well, that's just for those people. Oh, or I I have this condition. Oh, well, I have this family member. Oh, well, I have this situation. I heard somebody say one time that every, you're not like, you're not a snowflake, right? Like you're not some random, like certain circumstance that makes you completely unfit for this information. We're all snowflakes. We're all unique. We're all different. We're all our own little imperfect set of circumstances. And as soon as you remove the excuses, because I get so much pushback from this, so much pushback in so many different ways about people getting serious 
about getting to bed on time and waking up early before they start their day. And if you can make that happen, you will have a good day every day. (sighs) Lo and behold, I forgot the number one tip. Listen to all of you that are here at the very end of this episode. This is really going to be the kicker. I should have, I'm not going back and editing it. I'm going to say that this is, this is the last final special bonus tip. That's what I'm going to call it. Thank you for being here all the way to the end. And here's a number one quickest way everyone can do. There's no excuse. Make your bed every single morning. If you make your bed every single morning, you will have a slightly better day every single day. That is a huge hack. There's an awesome video on the internet about, I think he's like a Navy military person, something or another. I should post it in my Facebook group. I'll find it. It's always circling round and round um, about why you should make your bed every day. And it's huge. I make, even when my husband's still in bed, I make my bed. I make my side of the bed. And then when he gets up, I ask him, can you make your side? (laughs) He's a better bed maker than me. So I love it when he makes the bed, but always make your bed. All right. That is the bonus tip that I didn't even know that I was going to give you. Um, but I knew that I wanted to say, and I hope that you do not make any excuses. You go back and you listen to this and you figure out the specifics inside of here that you need to work on so that you can have good, consistent days, day after day after day after day. All right. As always, it's been super fun hanging out with you from behind my mic. And I hope sincerely that I get to see you over inside of the Facebook group. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other? and ourselves. I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.